Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, good to have you with us today. Great to be with you again, Dr. Paul. Good. This, uh, this is Friday, so we have to talk a little bit about gold and money and what's going on in the world, a little bit about investments, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, RFK. He's in the news. <laughs> and it was shocking the other day. <laughs> it shocked the liberals when they found out that of all the candidates, Republican and Democrat, he, he was the most interesting and uh, and the most uh, getting the most attention. So and, and they seem to be so annoyed. And the, to me, the big thing was they were so surprised. So, uh, you know, RFK is uh, not a libertarian, but he certainly is a friend to libertarianism when you compare him to the rest, rest of the crowd. So I, I think that's very interesting. But, you know, today uh, we, we want to go into that and what's going on uh, in, in Ukraine and some of these other things. But before we do it, we have to acknowledge our partners at Birch Gold Group because they've been our partners now for quite a few months, maybe into the years now. And we've been strongly promoting their efforts to get more people invested in gold and getting their uh, uh, their IRA accounts switched over. And we, we, we believe that uh, preservation and being protected is very important in understanding the system. So working with uh, Birch Gold, uh, they offer information, which is always important. That's the most important thing in everything that we do. Information before we make major decisions. And what they're doing is they're offering some uh, uh, some information and printed information and an explanation of what it is like to switch some of the funds, which would be the ordinary Dow Jones average type of stocks over into being able to protect some of your wealth, uh, you know, in, in the in the metals. And uh, this is the reason we work with them. So if you're interested in getting more information, uh, you can text RON989898. They make it easy. You can remember uh, Birch Gold 9898, and they'll send you information. They will not charge you for it. And you can go from there and decide whether or not you want to transfer funds. Uh, to me, it's very important. I discovered uh, on a precise moment when I thought this would be important for everybody and it was a little bit before, uh, I think Chris was involved in politics in mm -hmm. 1971. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment I remember when the gold window was closed and they destroyed any connection of, of the dollar to gold. And I thought, this is a big deal. And that was 1971. And I knew the world would change. It changed in the 1970s and it's still been changing. We're still suffering the consequences, but uh, they've been They've been rather successful manipulating and keep uh, keep the, the drug of um, monetary inflation going. And it's lasted longer than a lot of people suspected. But one thing for sure, if governments have license to spend and there's a central bank that has license to uh, to print the money at will and manipulate interest rates, uh, believe me, they will. And uh, it's never worked before. Temporarily, it helps. But, you know, if you're a drug addict, temporarily, some people feel better. Uh, but long term, if, if you don't break the habit, you know, it's a disaster. And it's self-ending. It, it self-destructs. And so many societies have done that. And in a way, the... Uh, 
the Bretton Woods Agreement was self-destructive because it was it was violating market forces. So it, it's some, something that we should be paying attention to out of our well-being because I think ultimately it represents freedom and liberty and free markets and, and this sort of thing. But it also protects people's wealth. And I think the more people who are protected when a really big crash comes, the better off all of us will be. Because that is, uh, you need allies. And that's also the reason I work in, in education, because I think you have to have an understanding. And also the reason that we try to get people involved with uh, Birch Gold to get the information to make the decision. Because I think ideas are, are so, so important. And we'll continue to do that, but, uh, Ultimately, my goal is to promote liberty because I think the people, when they live in a free society, always pick something of real value for the money. It's the politicians and uh, it's the warmongers and the people who uh, uh, you, know, you know are stealing from other people. They're the ones who want to make sure we, we don't have honest money. So my goal is to get as many people involved. And that's why, once again, I'll repeat the number. Text uh, Ron, 989898. Chris, welcome again to the program. What do you have for this morning? Yes, Dr. Paul, you mentioned uh, that we're going to be talking about RFK Jr. And uh, it's great to see him, uh, even despite the desire to censor him and, and keep him out of the public eye that he's doing so well with favorability. And uh, when he was on Hannity recently, the town hall, I believe it was, uh, he mentioned something that was so accurate But there was a little tweak that I wanted to make. You know, uh, he mentioned that we do not have a free market capitalist system in this country, and that is true. Uh, he said that there is cushy socialism for the crony corporatists. That's very true. But then he said something that I tend not to agree, agree with, and he said that everybody else in the country lives under a brutal, savage, merciless capitalism. And with all due respect to him, and he is somebody that I greatly uh, respect, I don't believe that that's true uh, at all, because we have uh, perhaps the biggest welfare state in, in the history of the world. I remember reading that 50% of our country, 50%, half, uh, in some way receive federal money. Uh, money is handed out to people who aren't even citizens. So that's how bad the socialism is on, you know, outside of the corporations. So socialism is squeezing us from the top and from the bottom, and the middle class is being squeezed out from both sides. So there is no brutal, savage, merciless capitalism. First, that implies that capitalism is brutal, savage, and merciless. And uh, we do not believe that that's the case because it's just voluntary interactions between people. But uh, we have a you know, society-wide socialist problem and no free markets or very, very few you know, pockets of freedom in our, you know, in our economy. And uh, I understand you know, the appeal to, oh, well, we need a safety net, need a safety net. I understand that even though I disagree with it, I believe it can be and should be provided voluntarily through charities. Uh, but because when you get the government involved, it becomes a way of life. It becomes, uh, uh, you know, the government gave me this, uh, this for free. They should give me that for free. You know, and our wants are unlimited. We could sit here all day and talk about our wants. And the politicians are like, yeah, I'll give you this for free if you vote for me. So it's a very vicious cycle, socialism. And it ultimately, you run out of everybody else's money. 
And that's why the problem is not just the crony corporatists, which is a very big problem. But we have a, 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 a uh, the citizens are addicted to government money, too. That's for sure. You know, uh, during the presidential campaigns that I participated in, it was always annoying to me because those who ran the uh, ran the debates always wanted to segregate economic policy and foreign policy. And my claim is you can't separate the two. You know, economic bad economic policy leads to war and war leads to more economic problems. And I think that's what we're facing today. You know, we, we have all this mischief and capitalism that is fake and, and this thing going on that uh, really uh, gets attention to uh, Robert, uh, Robert Kennedy because he's saying something different, but he's also seen as telling the truth. And that's where all of a sudden he's, he stands out. And that, that to, to me is great. But uh, right now we see the combination of economic policy and foreign policy because, you know, they, uh, and, and also the war against uh, COVID. You put all that together, it involves liberty. Big, that's the big one. But it also involves a mess in Ukraine and spending money and why we uh, have uh, deficits up to $32 trillion, and it continues to go. But they're always offering solutions to the problems they created. And somebody that was involved very much in the building of this uh, was uh, BlackRock, you know, and uh, they, they, they were very much involved in promoting some of these policies, these social policies, and we've gotten to port. And BlackRock uh, and Fink are literally backing off from it because uh, I think the slogan, uh, go woke, go broke. And uh, that is that is a good uh, a good result of what's happening because the people people are waking up. But the people who, put, who took advantage of all this, whether it was during the lockdown and the pharmaceutical industries and other corporate interests and government bureaucrats, uh, they they participated in, in in all this. Of course, it's the philosophy behind that that motivated them to do it to get away with it, and that is monetary policy spending and debt and all these other things. So this is this has been going on, but right now we're at some crossroads because. Uh, they, they said this is a justified war for liberty. That's why we're in Ukraine. We have to we have to, you know, protect it, protect and and, and save the freedom in Ukraine. And one person I came across just recently when we've been looking at this, uh, even though I probably heard a little bit about but Lisa, Lisa Murkowski, she is something else. She is a super, super supporter of all this nonsense. And uh, a, uh, she gets high praise because she's sort of independent minded, but she's independent in the wrong way. You know, mm -hmm. she doesn't pick up the good thing. But anyway, she's really gun ho for all this spending. And this this is the answer. But the one thing that I want to talk about in a little bit more uh, in a few minutes, and that is, what are they doing about it? What are they planning about? It? Is the war nearly over? And uh, who's going to rebuild it? And I used to half kiddingly, but I was really quite serious. We'd be voting on a foreign policy. I remember very early in my career in Washington, they were voting for money. I think it was in uh, in Lebanon or someplace. I said, you know, I said, you're going to send send the money over there and spend all that money. Then you're going to have to spend money because those things will be turned against us. Well, that's tradition now. 
you buy all these weapons. Where did all the weapons go in Ukraine? But that's what that's the reason you can't separate the two. It's it's not a foreign policy issue. It's a it's a it, it, it is a weapons history. It's a weapons industry. And uh, there's a there's some very, very powerful people who can manipulate behind the scene and make a lot of money off it. And right now uh, they're getting more fearful that that is uh, maybe ending because it looks like nobody in the next week or two are going to declare victory. And uh, I think they're getting together. There's strong evidence that the same people who created this monster, this mess that we have, are going to plan their strategy on how they're going to take over the rebuilding of Ukraine, return to liberty and great prosperity. Well, I would advise people to be very cautious about the nonsense you hear about that. That's right. And all you have to look is uh, look to is how we re rebuild Iraq and Libya and Syria. And that's, you know, uh, right. we've done nothing of the sort. Those places are in very bad shape, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of cronyism, uh, there is no perfection in political systems. Every single combination you could think of has been tried whether it be dictatorship or democracy or kings and duches, dukes, and everything has been tried. Communism, socialism, uh, there's no perfection because people are imperfect. We, we will not create a perfect political system. And because we are creative, you know, so the bad guys are always scheming on ways to enslave us. And we're always trying to figure out how to keep us, keep them off our backs. You know, they get, uh, they break constitutions, people break laws and, and find creative ways to uh, avoid being enslaved and life goes on. What you want though, if you're going to do this is the right incentive structure. And the free market we believe has the right incentive structure as imperfect as a free market is because it's made up of imperfect people. At least the incentives are there for entrepreneurs to risk their own capital to satisfy consumers in the, the most efficient and profitable way. And when they succeed, they're rewarded with profits. And when they fail, they lose their capital, their money, and the money and capital flows to those who are satisfying consumers. Under corporatism, it's the opposite. They risk taxpayer money. They want government contracts, like what Dr. Paul mentioned, Ukraine. This is government contracts. We're gonna go over there and rebuild using taxpayer money. And if they lose, so what? It's not their money. It's taxpayer money. They will perhaps get a taxpayer bailout if they're lobby good, well enough and claim that they're too big to fail. So the incentives for uh, crony corporatism is not consumers. Their incentives is politicians, you know, and their product doesn't even have to work. The vaccines are a perfect example of that. You know, in a free market, those companies would be bankrupt by now. But in corporatism, not only does nobody get punished, they're exempt. Everybody's exempt, you know, and the same is with military contractors. Uh, they don't have to help humanity do anything beneficial to humanity. It's all destruction. And if the tanks get blown up, they'll just make more tanks on our dollar. And, and that's it. So the free market, the incentives are in the right order. And that's why it's a far superior system, you know, as imperfect as it is, because people are people it's much, much better than the crony corporatism that we have today. You know, I mentioned the fact that economics and foreign policy can't be separated. But the, the one thing that has come up with uh, lockdown and the things that are going on now was the inclusion of social reforms. You know, with these programs, in order to maintain some type 
of uh, availability at the banks and government and contracts and all this. They also preach social reforms like in the ESG programs and uh, you're doing noble things. You're not ripping the people off. They've used that and they also have the uh, DEI information. And again, it's social conditions and what the people are supposed to be doing. And that, that is a, an incentive, but it's also a, an, also a serious problem because a lot of people really believe in that. But do you I ask also, what, what is the real reason for uh, for them doing all this? Is it uh, is, is it money? Yes. Is it money? Is it power? Yes, it is. And how did they best achieve this? Uh, it's it's by the uh, creation of chaos, and they're doing a pretty good job there, unfortunately. But unfortunately, the people are starting uh, to to wake up to this. But they they would like to cause the chaos, and then they come in come in with another ism. You know, uh, this you know it is said has been said that the socialists and the and the authoritarians like to add when they talked about free market capital. Uh, markets. They wanted to call it, put an ism on it because it can know something negative. And it's still used and most people use it. And, and we know uh, if you know the person, that's usually pretty good. But uh, and, or if you say free market capitalism, that's OK. But I personally don't like to use the word uh, ism on it. I, don't, I talk about free free markets because that that is the difference. But here, but here we have. But the one 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 time you uh, can use a word and put an ism on it that really is helpful is corporatism. Hmm. You know, corporation is it, it avoids this controversy. Oh, you called me a fascist. Well, hmm. that's what you are. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> just because you are we won't do that mm -hmm. i'm sorry i didn't want to really call you a fascist mm -hmm. so you know they they, they 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 so that's why free free market is a, is a good term so uh that they now are getting frightened about what is happening and is is astounding to me and we saw some of this this week about oh, pins and needles on what the fed was going to do race hold tight lower what are we going to do with interest rates and they look at it and they have a history and it's such a joke because they don't know what interest rates should be if if you allow the market to operate and if you say that credit card interest rates i wonder if that's i keep wondering i wonder if that's a market rate of interest somebody said i said something like, well that could be 13 or 14 percent no it could be 20 percent. they tell me so the, the so the market's telling you that there's something risky about those things but no you can't have that so the, the, this whole idea that you fight inflation price inflation prices going up and that's always the thing that, we we wanted it when it was too low. We wanted it up to two percent. When it got to two percent, it was ten percent. Oh, we have to get that back back down to two percent. And they and they play these games. I get I get such a kick out of this because it, it's so so ridiculous and so it's so silly that when you think of it, they raise the interest rates. The argument they are going to bring prices on is causing an economic downturn. In a free market, you never have some central body and a central bank to purposely make the economy weaker. No. If, if prices go up or down and interest rates go up or down, uh, that, that's a, an important message. But they destroy the message because they think they know better and they just go, go on and manipulate these interest rates. 
But this, this say they, you know, back in uh, in the seventies, they took the interest rates up to twenty one percent, and uh, it was still the prices wouldn't come down. Prices wouldn't come down. But uh, you know, if if interest rates if interest rates are a cost, why wouldn't that push up prices? They never say that we're raising we're raising interest rates to stop stop the market. But what what if they have to uh, take take that and add that in the cost? It's it's really a, increases prices and it's also increasing the true market uh, force of of monetary inflation. Chris, excellent, Dr. Paul. Uh, I will finish up my closing thoughts. Yeah, the isms that's a part of our uh, vernacular, and the, what we're talking about today is corporatism. But uh, we're only really supposed to focus on one side of the coin, and that's corporations. Uh, we're told they're the greedy ones, you know, the greedy corporations. Uh, but there's, two, there's another side to the coin, and that's the politicians, and they're greedy too. You know, humans are greedy. It has, there's nothing magical that happens once you uh, walk into a corporate office. Uh, the greedy politicians become rich from the corporations that buy the special privileges. But there is a dispenser of the privileges, and that's the politicians. You know, so they're not innocent bystanders. You know, it's like, oh no, here comes this corporation with all the money, what am I going to do? They become very, very, very rich. They're some of the richest people in our society, and they're called public servants. Well, they're serving themselves to our hard-earned money. Uh, you know, and that's, you know, why do they tailor to corporations? It's because the corporations have the big money. You know, the regular guy doesn't. You know, if you go and try to uh, lobby your politician with nothing versus a corporation who has billions, who do you think he's going to side with? Uh, they go with the corporations. Now, that doesn't have to be that way. They can take their oath of office seriously. And while Dr. Paul does not talk about himself, there's no rule that says I can't talk about him. And when he was in office, the corporations would walk right past his office because they knew there would be no deal. There would be no uh, bribing or lobbying for favors because this was a man that followed his oath of office and did not play that game. But, you know, we don't have an entire government filled with Ron Pauls. There are a few in there, but that is a reflection also of our society. And we talk about this on the show, too. It's the moral character of the people. The people need to expect, you know, and be of themselves of high moral standing, and then they will expect it of their politicians, and if a politician gets out of line, they can hold them accountable. Today, that is not the case. Our morality has also gone into the sewer. So, of course, we have the politicians that we have today. So, you know, corporatism is a double-edged sword. It's a two-sided coin. Let's not just blame the corporations. It's the politicians, too, that are to blame. Very good. You know, I have a couple of headlines here I, I want to read uh, where people are concerned and are talking about, you know, what we're moving into, and that is the picking up of the pieces. Uh, of course, some will say, oh, we're just on the verge of victory, uh, you know, and we can win this war. Just send us 10 more billion dollars tomorrow, and now we're up to how, how many trillions of dollars are spent. It's just really crazy. But here's a very recent article, J July 26th uh, on Zero Hedge. Blood commodities, Black Rock's role in the Ukraine carnage. D 
to pick up the pieces. That's what they plan to do. And they have an organization. The, the preliminary organization has already been started, and it's called Ukraine Business Compact 2023. It's not official, but they want to get dozens and dozens of corporations locked in, just like they had the corporations locked in and put fear in their hearts when it came to not following the lockdown laws. They said, well, you're going to lose your banking privileges. You're going to get canceled and all these threats by by the government. So that's what this organization is talking about. Here's another from a Europe newspaper, and it says, <clears throat> Zelensky, BlackRock COO, CEO Fink, agreed to coordinate Ukraine investments. And, you know, it, it's very blunt. People say, well, that's good. That'll rebuild it. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, uh, they're going to divvy up the loot. They divvied up all the loot and the profits, uh, you know, when they were building all those weapons. And who and and did did the <clears throat> did the pharmaceutical companies, uh, uh, you know, do a good job in providing great service and medical advice uh, during the during the the so-called epidemic? Uh, not so good. And yet they made a lot of money, and they're also planning for the next the the the, the next epidemic. So it's a uh, it's a terrible situation. But they they profit on the way up and they grab hold of more of our liberties from us. And we lost a lot with the lockdown. We lost, always lose something during wartime, because if you oppose the war, uh, then then you're unpatriotic and uh, that people don't like to be unpatriotic. I mean, those charges usually uh, hurt people. But uh this is a matter of semantics and how they do it, but that, they've been doing that for a long time, and, and it's and it's common. So we can expect that, and they're going to continue to do that. That they they will try to pay, pick up the pieces, but even they're making these all these plans, and it looks like they're powerful beyond reproach. I predict that uh, the market is still more powerful. They were able to manage and manipulate the Bretton Woods Agreement and a pseudo gold standard because we were so rich, so wealthy, and the only country that really survived World War II. And we threw our weight around and became the central banker of the world and, uh, and, and were able to uh, you know, inflate the currency to our benefit. But that that was special, but it lasted a long time. You don't know, know how long these events will last. But the one that we're going through now to try to adjust, we're seeing the conclusion of those many years they got away with building up debt. You know, a lot of individuals and companies can borrow for a long time, but eventually, you know, uh, somebody might have six credit cards and they hit the maximum, and they then then, then some of the banks want their money back. And it doesn't work. And that's going to happen. This this cannot happen. If if it worked, nobody would have to work for a living. You, know, you just spend the money and spend it. And governments, in a way, get away with that. But right now, people have to uh, have to remember, in, in the general picture, if you go woke, you're going to go broke. So I, I, think it's, I think it's adequate warning for that, because what we need is we need liberty, we need freedom, we need economic understanding. And uh, believe me, people need more confidence. I think that's what hurts the most. People lack confidence. They figure we have to do it. I don't have, I don't think I can do it. I mean, we, we have to do our own merit. And they've been taught that you only get ahead by describing and having somebody tell you how miserable you are and how inept you are and you need to hand out our money. So it's 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 pretty hard to have confidence in being free. 
but that is really one of the biggest obstacles we have right now. We're going to do our very best at the Liberty Report to continue to promote our liberty. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon. <laughs>